illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw, and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here we'll tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me as always from the Heiner Tailgater Northern Command Outpost, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. How in the heck are you doing tonight, Beach? Dude, Billy, I'm doing pretty dang good. Good, good. We are doing good too because we should be recording this time. That would be a fr- that that would be nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Since that last like, one, I, I was going to say I'd like to point out that I did call the last one, but you ignored my warnings when I said it doesn't feel like we're recording. Do you recall that conversation? No oblo and glace. <laughs> Jackass. Anyway, moving on. Anyway. What's, the purpose, what's the purpose of this thing, Billy? The purpose of illegal participation <laughs> is for us to spread our insight, experiences, and passion for the Oregon State Beavers and others, and just generally talk some beaver sports, football, tailgating, and have some fun along the way. All right, Beach, so it has been a little while since we've put out a show. It was back in December, mm-hmm. and uh, we're just going to go through. I just wanted to put out a show. we got some stuff to talk about, some interesting um uh, Oregon State sports happenings going on, and uh, I just figured it was time to put out a show. So, yeah, well, you know, you get bored. What else are you gonna do? You can't dance, and it's too wet to plow. Exactly. I want to remind everyone that you can listen to us on your iPhone or Android device on the Stitcher Radio app. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, please leave a rating and review. If you want to get in touch with us, there's a couple of ways: HeinrichTailgater at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at HeinrichTailgater. You can also check out HeinrichTailgater on Facebook. All right, bees, beach. We're gonna start with a little bit of Beaver and Pac-12 sports news. Okay. First up, beach is wrestling. Alrighty. 
What's right. going on in the wrestling world, Billy? Well, actually, Beach, the Beavs had a meet just tonight. And okay. it literally got over about 10 minutes ago. Did you get an update on your phone? No, I'm actually looking at Twitter right now. So, okay. um, Oregon State went into the final mat, uh, final uh, weight class tied with number 20 Stanford at 15. Um, going into that, the uh, they tied at the end of regulation, went into overtime, and 40 seconds, 47 seconds into overtime, Oregon State heavyweight Cody Crawford took down his Stanford opponent for the Oregon State win, 18 to 15. Sweet. Yeah. So oh, that's exciting. So yeah, so the Beavs beat uh, the Beavs had fallen out of the rankings. They've had some injuries, and and that hasn't helped. Um, and fallen out of the top 25 rankings, but they beat number 18 Stanford tonight. So that's great. Good times. Noodle salad. Yep. Um, and um, also tonight the Beavs debuted a new mat, you know, wrestling mat. So they debuted their new mat mat tonight at the uh, meet in Gill Coliseum. So they had a new mat at the meet? Yep. New mat at the meet. And what was impressive about this mat, do we know? Just a new mat. You know, got a new one. It's got the new logo in the middle of it and stuff. So they've been working on the old logo for the long time? I'm not sure, Beach. Hmm. Who would have known? Yep. All right, Beach. let's move on to women's swimming. Okay. The Oregon State, I love women's swimming, Billy. I know you do. The Oregon State women's swimming team has been named a College Swimming and Diving Coaches Association of America Scholar All-America Team. Now, be selected as a CSCAA Scholar All-America Team, programs must have achieved a grade point average of 3.0 or higher over the fall semester. The Beavers were part of 91% of Division I women's swimming teams meeting that mark, recording a 3.35 team GPA with 14 student-athletes with a 3.0 GPA or better. Oregon State was also one of eight Pac-12 conference schools to be selected to the team. Okay. So since 91% of the teams in Division One make this, mm-hmm. I, would, I would say swimmers are probably pretty damn smart, or at least women swimmers. It seems like a smart sport. Yeah. yeah. It's like tennis. I would think girls who play tennis are smart. Yeah. So anyways. We never talk about tennis. Does Oregon State have a tennis team? No. Oh, well, that explains why we don't talk about tennis. (laughs) All right, Beach. Let's move on to women's basketball. All right. How are the women's basketball? I heard they're they're still doing well. Are they not? It's been a while since we've had an update. That they are, Beach. The Oregon State women beat Oregon 43-40 in Eugene last Friday night to extend their winning streak in the series to 12 games. Then, Sunday night, in front of a crowd of just over 6,000 at Gill Coliseum, Oregon State senior Sidney Weiss scored 23 points, including a number of clutch baskets, as the number 11 Oregon State women's basketball team earned its 13th straight victory over Oregon, taking the win 67-60. Now, Oregon State trailed by one with 2.50 to play, but the Beavs used a late 9-0 run to take control in the closing minutes. Oregon State converted in its, um, on all seven of its final field goal attempts, including four from Weiss. The Beavs are now 20-2 overall, the fourth season in a row with 20 wins. They are also tied with Stanford for the Pac-12 lead at 9-1. They head down to Arizona next week as they take on Arizona State Friday afternoon and Arizona on Sunday. Well, that's exciting. Yep. So the Beavs and Stanford are tied at 9-1 overall, 
and I believe UCLA and Washington are 8-2. and two. And that's good for Oregon State because they have wins over both Washington and Stanford. Okay. All right. So uh, they're touch. playing well. And actually, the Beavs have won 15 straight at, uh, at Gill Coliseum, too. So, You know, we got to go down and see another game this year. Do we have those passes again? Um, you'd have to talk to Madre. Okay. Let's see if we can score some. But yes. But, yes, the women are doing great. You know, especially after losing Ruth Hamblin and Jamie Weisner from last season, you thought it might be a little bit of a, build, a rebuilding year. But tell you what, they're playing really, really well. No, fantastic. All so. right. All right, Beach. Well, let's lose, move over to a sport that's not as fantastic, men's basketball. It's been rough since we lost uh, Trace, hasn't it? Yes, it has, Beach. Now, Stephen Thompson Jr. scored a career-high 30 points to lead the Oregon State men's basketball team in an 86-78 loss to Utah on Saturday at the Huntsman Center in Colorado. Now, the Beavs trailed 75-47 with 8.05 to play, but mounted a furious rally, outscoring the Utes 23-3 to cut the deficit to 78-70. They got as close as 84-78 before Utah made two late free throws for the final margin. The men are now 4-18 overall, 0-9 in the Pac-12, and return home to face Arizona at 6 on Thursday in a game that will be televised nationally on ESPN2. Just a frustration. I really had a lot of hopes for the season, and I just feel like we fell on our face. Well, I tell you what, Beach, I, I think a lot of people thought they were expecting some big things out of the Beavs this year. And part of the problem was... Gary Payton the second losing him. Well, yes. When, when, cause you got to remember he was signed by former coach Craig Robinson before he was fired. Yeah. And when he was signed, you know, people like the name, but you know, in, in his junior college, Gary Payton, the second wasn't great. He was just kind of average. Yeah. But when he got to Oregon state, his talent really blossomed. And I think, in his first season, and especially last year, he really covered up a lot of the deficits we had in a lot of different areas. Um, he made the Beavs a heck of a lot better than they were in actuality. And so this year we kind of came, the Beavs kind of came back down to earth. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a great player, you know, I'm glad what he did for the Beavs, but he, he made us look like we were farther along in our rebuilding process than we actually were. We were living a lie. Yeah, kind of. We weren't because he was really good, but, you know, he was what made us really good last year. Mm-hmm. All right, Beach. Uh, we'll move on to women's softball. The Beaver softball team starts the season February 9th against the University of Alabama, Birmingham, and Sac State at the Paradise Classic in Honolulu next month. I can't believe we're already softball in February. That's crazy. Well, yeah, but they are playing in Honolulu. That's true. So, okay, we should go to that game. In Honolulu on February 9th? Yeah. Yes, totally. That, that's Might be a, a little late to make reservations. Yeah, so. That's a Thursday too, BJ. I don't think we're getting to Honolulu on okay. Thursday. But okay. on that same note, we can talk about baseball. Oh, baseball. Yeah, the Oregon State men's baseball team. On last Thursday, BJ, the fifth preseason ranking was released, and the USA Today coaches poll has the Beavers at seventh. That joins previous top 10 rankings by Collegiate Baseball at 5th, The Perfect Game at 7th, 
D1Baseball.com at 8th, and Baseball America at ninth. I'm still thinking we need to create our own poll because anybody can create a poll. Especially for baseball, there's a ton of them. Exactly. Now, and and with them so many, it means we could make our own up and we couldn't be wrong, right? Because we'd be like all within the rest, you know, margin of error. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Now, Beach, like the previous four rankings, the Beavers mm-hmm. are also the highest ranked club from the Pac-12 conference. That's good. Now, in that other, in that USA Today coaches poll, Arizona is ranked 15th with Stanford at number 21. So only three teams from the Pac are ranked, ranked in the top 25. Now, Oregon, they don't have a lot of faith in the pack this year, do they? Nope. Now, Oregon State opens the 2017 season February 17th in Surprise, Arizona, taking on Duke to start the Sanderson Ford College Baseball Classic. I am um, I was talking to Dad about us tailgating for one or two of these games, and he said he'd like to come down to a game. So yeah. I'm really thinking we need to plan a tailgater. But wait until the what, – what should we do? Maybe March-ish, February? Or March or maybe late April? Well, yeah, because we can't do early part of April. No, early part of April shot. Yeah, so but we so. could possibly do marches. The thing about baseball tailgaters is we can do them a little bit easier. Yeah, they don't they don't take as much planning and prep time. So. Yeah. But yeah, because we but don't. If even... we do that, then we need... if we do that, we should almost leave the trailer down in your neck of the woods. Yeah, we might. We might. Okay. But anyways. All right, beach. But baseball's coming up, and I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. No, well, from where we're standing, it looks like we might have a pretty good season if we don't get freaking shafted by the damned uh, voters. Yeah. Like last season. All right, Beans, the last sport we're going to talk about is football. Don't tease me, Billy. We're still, what, eight months away, nine months away, eight months away? We're, we're, we're a little bit away, Beach. But the most anticipated day of the football off season is almost here. It'll be Wednesday. As head coach Gary Anderson and his staff will announce the 2017 recruiting class. Mm-hmm. That's February 1st. The one day in the nation where the fax machine actually means something. Because <laughs> they still they, they still fax those damn things in. Really? Yep. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. so cool. So do they not – but they know who they're getting at this point? I mean, do we have the whole lineup or is this well, – what makes this so special? Well, that's the day that the the um, commitment letters come in and are actually binding. Everything going out right now is just, or, you know, verbal commitments. Totally like uh, – kind of like uh, the movie Moving with Richard Pryor yeah. where they just <laughs> – we're taking it with us. <laughs> Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, where it's it's all a bunch of BS. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, that's kind of exciting. So, so the student actually faxes in the letter to the office. Yeah, they have to fax it in, and it's not, it's not valid until the it comes into the football office. Wow. So what you're saying here is Kinkos is going to be really freaking busy on uh, on Wednesday. Well, why? Because they got to run the. Because. Because nobody else has a freaking fax machine. Most copiers are fax machines now, Beach. Oh, I suppose that's true, but I might even have them hooked up. Mine is. Okay. Well, we have one at work, but I rarely use it. I have a copier. Well, I'm just saying I have a copier, printer, but, fax, but who has, scanner. Yeah. Well, do they have those at – are they at the high schools or they don't have one at home? I mean, it's I'm not sure. like they're all these – I'm sure they have them at the high school. I don't know. High schools also use Macintosh, and that doesn't happen in the real world either. <laughs> so, 
Well, the, <sighs> that that's the that's the one day out of the year where that an, antiquated piece of equipment is useful. It's awesome. Hey, hey, speaking of yes. antiquated pieces of equipment, I think I hear the teletype. That is the teletype. Hold on. Hold on. Son of a bitch, I always hate this. Hold on. This just in. Eugene City Council has emergency closed-door meeting regarding Uber. The Eugene City Council called an emergency meeting Tuesday evening regarding the never-ending battle of allowing Uber to operate in the city limits. The meeting was held in the conference room of the Casanova Center next to Autzen Stadium. While the press was not allowed to attend this meeting, a yell could be heard through the locked door from what sounded like Coach Willie Taggart saying, For God's sake, would you just let them operate so my staff can get their drunk asses home? <laughs> nice, Beach. Thank you. Nice, yeah. So you can't make this stuff up, Billy. Oh, I know, and, and we won't be making it up either when we get down to the Jackass of the Week Award. So, hey, you know, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead of, uh, of our itinerary here, but we never talked who got to pick the, the song this week, because I think I was supposed to pick the last song, but since that recording never happened, do I get to pick the song this week? Yes, you do. Oh, sweet, because I was thinking about it today. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, 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 Beach, that was a good, uh, that was a good update from Eugene. Thank you. Yeah, you could probably use Uber down there. Yeah, they, they've actually been in a fight over it. Oh, have they really in Eugene? Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they've been fighting it over, making it illegal for like a year and a half now, and that's what I said. I mean, that's why they had the meeting, is because, I mean, evidently the coaching staff really wants Uber available. I'm sure. But who does in the city? Yeah. Well, and, you know, the, the, the fact is, you know, nothing good happens after 12 a.m. That's right. Nothing good happens after midnight. All right, Beach. it is now time to go under further review for the bowl games in the Pac-12. After further review, the runner did cross the line. Touchdown. Okay. Now, Beach, the last show, which never got recorded and put out, you, Kyle, and I did our picks. I never even find a girl to put out. Yeah. What? Well, I know. Well, I've got the uh, picks here. And, okay. Uh, I, I won the regular season. We decided to do the bowl games just for the heck of it. Uh-huh. And I don't even remember what these games were. I have them written down here from when we recorded. <laughs> do you know who won? I know who won, but I don't even <laughs> okay. remember what the bowl games were. So in okay. the first okay. game... We so had, we just got winners and losers. No, no, we don't much. know. I don't even know what the bowl game is. Yeah. <laughs> There's one bowl game I know what it is. Two bowl games I know what they are. I don't... Uh, three. I know three. Oh. I don't know these okay. other ones. So... Minnesota played Washington State in some bowl game. Okay. The also-ran bowl. Uh, you took Minnesota. Kyle and I took Washington State. I could lie to you because you wouldn't even know who won. Minnesota, no, I don't no, know. Minnesota won, so you got the point there. Sweet. And then the next Pac-12 game, Utah played somebody. We all took them, and Utah won. So, well, I don't even know who they played. I can't remember. <laughs> and then don't they, care. In the, in the third also-ran game. Colorado played somebody, got the crap kicked out of them because I think they only scored nine points and looked like crap. So we all lost a point there. Um, 
Stanford played somebody in the Sun Bowl, which is funny because it's played in really cold conditions. Stanford mm-hmm. won. We all got the point there. Then okay. UW played Alabama in the – was that the Orange Bowl? Probably. And Alabama won, so you and Kyle got the points. And USC played Penn State in the Rose Bowl, and we all took USC and got the point. So you've got five out of six. I did crappy, got three out of six, and Kyle got four out of six. Hey, look at that. The guy who doesn't have a clue won. Yeah, you didn't. Even, I could have just said anything, and you wouldn't have a clue. Beej, you went over. Dude, I <laughs> and you would have gone. You would have been like, damn. We picked, we picked the same themes and beats. You lost them all. I won them all. Exactly. 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 Anyway, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I was kind of excited. I, I called up the folks tonight, and I'm like, hey, what are you guys doing for the Super Bowl? And they're like, I don't know. We didn't really have any plans. Well, I said, this is like the first time in like four years that I don't have to work on the Super Bowl. So. I'm actually home. It's kind of like, I don't know what to do. I mean, what do people do, you know, if they're at home during the day of the Super Bowl? And I'm like, I guess they watch the game. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be my, my, my first and only pro, uh, pro game that I'll watch this year. Yeah. So, so hopefully it's good. Yeah. I think I'm rooting for the uh, Falcons because I can't stand cheaters and whores. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Beach. So moving along here. Uh, I've been a great for a segue, but I guess we're not there in the not not there yet. Nope. So okay. we're just going to go with the final Pac-12 teams in the polls for 2016. So the final AP poll, USC jumped up to number three. Washington came in at four. Stanford in at 12. Colorado 17. Utah 23. And Washington State in the others receiving votes category. Now in the USA Today coaches poll, Washington ended up four. USC 5, Stanford 12, Colorado 15, Utah 21, and Washington in the others receiving votes category. Hmm. So in the USA Today poll, Washington actually came ahead of USC, even though USC was the the Pac-12 champs. Correct. Wow. Interesting. I would have liked to have seen them play one more time. I I think it would have been a good game. Hmm. Yeah. Hi, right, Beach. It is now time for the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the Week Award. Never weekly discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And before we get into this, Beach, you know mm-hmm. that Tommy Tuberville, who this award is named after because he was the first three-time mm-hmm. winner, winner of the Jackass of the Week Award, he stepped down. From the head coaching position at the University of Cincinnati. Why? Well, because he thought he was going to get fired. Oh. So, good riddance. Chicken shit. Can't, can't, can't take it like a man. Exactly. Good riddance, jackass. That's, it's like breaking up with a girl before she's going to dump your ass. Yep. All right, Beach. On to this week's Jackass of the Week Award. And, oh, Beach, where to begin? Well, first... <laughs> The University of Oregon suspended Uber, damn it, Uber. <laughs> first, Oregon suspended football strength coach Errell Odenrind for one month without pay after intense workouts sent three players to the hospital, two that had to stay there over a week. The Oregonian reported that the three players were offensive lineman Doug Brenner and Sam Patosi and tight end Cam McCormick. 
Now, after that happened, new head coach Will Taggart took responsibility for what happened and offered, quote, sincere apologies and said the safety has to come first for his players. Then, just a week later, and five days after his hiring was officially announced by the Ducks, co-offensive coordinator David Reeves was put in the process of being fired after his arrest early on a Sunday morning on the charges of DUI, reckless driving, and reckless endangerment. Hence the Uber. Didn't didn't he have a couple of us? Uh, were a couple of students with him in the car? No, there was another coach with him in the car. Oh, okay. Which kind of makes it even better. Wow. Yep. Then. Well, I'm sure he was the least drunk of the two of them. Yep. Yeah. Then, then yeah, probably. Then Oregon football coaches recently took a local Eugene slash Springfield recruiting trip with the help of a police escort from the Eugene Police Department. The university said it was the police escort was to keep the trip that visited the six Eugene and Springfield high schools on time and also keeping all the coaches together when they made their appearance back on January 13th. Now, according to the register card, the coaches had two motorcycle police officers in front and two behind. One of the reasons was to keep the caravan, quote, on time. Then again, it's not every day you see this type of behavior and white glove treatment to college coaches on a recruiting assignment. The amazing thing about the whole thing, Beach, is it was totally legal. The officers were paid from the U of O recruiting fund for their services that ran about six hours. The escort ran with no lights or sirens to attract additional attention. U of O Athletic Department spokesman Craig Pinton said, This is the first time that Oregon has used the Eugene Police Department in recruiting, but he felt it was important considering at the time National Signing Day was less than a month away. To make it look like this was a big deal and that these recruits were getting preferential treatment and make them feel like gods because they were coming with a police escort to come talk to the students. Well, Beach, it was also noted that the in the report that the police officers who worked in the escort volunteered their hours and the athletic department paid the Eugene Police Department $2,500 for their assistance. So the, 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 they volunteered and they just let them rent the, the motorcycles. Pretty much. And, yeah, Beach. So they, 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 they didn't go with lights or sirens. Mm-hmm. So but, they but, weren't really. But they, but, needed, it, but they needed a police escort. Because it looks impressive. It's all about marketing. It has nothing to do with right or wrong, but about branding and might as well just put a big ass swoosh on the side of the motorcycle mm. on Punch and John's bikes there and make them feel really important. Yep. So so be. I'm surprised Nike I'm surprised Nike didn't create some special graphics for the motorcycles. Yep. You know, maybe put some feathers on the U. There's no doubt. Special uniforms for the uh, police officers. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That'd be awesome. That's the next level they're going to take it. After they ruined the uh, Ducks uniforms this last year by actually making them look like ducks, I wonder if they would make the uh, make the uh, the uh, police look like pigs. So, <laughs> wow. Yes, I just took it there. <laughs> That's horrible. They could, well, they could put feathers on them. They'd be pigs on a wing. Put little ears on their helmets or on their hats, and, and yeah, you know they wear helmets on the motorcycles. So yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, you know, but, but, but see, they could only wear them once, and they'd have to get donated. Exactly. Exactly. So Beach, yeah. all I have to say is new coaching Wilbur. staff. Wilbur. Yeah. What? All I have to say, Beach, is new coaching staff. Same stupid shit going on at the University of Oregon. 
Oh, it's because they're not running the show. Somebody else is. Yeah, really makes you think, doesn't it? Yep. Anyways, yeah, I just all those things going on, and you're like, really, really, and and none of this is really sticking to them. It still amazes me. Yeah, they just they're they're just above the law. I don't. I've never. I've never. They pay for the. I've never. I've never seen a school that can jump in a pile of shit, and come out smelling like roses like they do. It's amazing. It's amazing what the media lets them get away with. So, University of Oregon, the athletic department, and especially the football coaches, this week's Jackass of the Week award. Is for you. Yep, Beach. Nice. Yep. So, anyways, same, 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 same university, same stupid shit. All right, Beach. It is now time for the musical interlude of the week. And uh, why don't you go ahead? Okay. Well, since I wasn't sure that I got to pick this one because my other song was not recorded, um, <clears throat> I was thinking, you know, so. This week is uh, Chinese New Year week, essentially in China, right? Oh, cool! They they celebrate it for like a week. It's 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 like Christmas, like for seven days or something. So anyway, the uh, I was thinking about that. I'm thinking this is the year of the rooster, right? So I'm thinking, what song should I pick? And first, <laughs> my mind went to that great ballad. Well, I don't know if it's quite a ballad by Jackal called "She Loves My." <laughs> And I thought that'd be a good one because I like that song. But I thought, you know, maybe we need to take it more true. So then I'm thinking, what song is about a rooster? And then I thought, what about the song Rooster by Alice in Chains? That's a great song. It is a great song. And actually, I did not appreciate that song until you and I saw them live at the Guns N' Roses concert last year. Huh. And And you were telling me more and more about this song and, and a bunch of other, cause I, I listened to Alice in Chains back in the nineties just because they played on KUFO, but I never really embraced them. And so after you told me about this song, I really started to listen to a lot more Alice in Chains and I truly like their stuff. Yeah. They kind of get thrown in with the whole grunge scene just because they were from Seattle, but they're not really grunge. No, they were, I almost say like a, a mixture of like rock alternative and grunge. Yeah, I, I think uh, they're more of a little alternative. They're more of a metal band to me. Yeah, yeah, but they weren't they weren't like the other metal bands at the time. No, uh, because they weren't fast. Yeah, they weren't they, a speed metal. Uh, band. Yeah. Um, so anyway, let, let's do a little bit of talk about Rooster on Wikipedia here. So Rooster is a song by the band Alice in Chains. The song was released as a single in 1993, the year I graduated, and is featured on the band's second studio album, Dirt, in 1992. It is the fifth song on the original pressing of the album and sixth on others. The song was included on the compilation albums Unplugged, 1996, Music Bank, 1999, Greatest Hits, 2001, and The Essential Alice in Chains in 2006. A demo version of the song was also included on Music Bank. In the liner notes of 1999's Music Bank's box collection, guitarist Jerry Cantrell said that the song, I think there's some darts on the demo that maybe we didn't get here on Dirt. But this is something all of uh, its own quality, for one thing. The song was written by Alice in Chains guitarist Jerry Cantrell for his father, Jerry Cantrell Sr., who went by the nickname Rooster while serving uh, with the U.S. Army during the Vietnam War. Jerry Cantrell 
has stated that his father, Cantrell Sr., had this family nickname Rooster since childhood due to the way his hair stood up on end as a youth. The Rooster nickname is often mistakenly attributed to a reference to men carrying the M60 machine gun, walking tall machine gun men. The muzzle flash from which makes an outline or pattern reminiscent of a rooster tail. It is also often mistakenly attributed to the 101st Airborne Division, in which Cantrell's father served, who wore shoulder sleeve insignia on their arms featuring a bald eagle. As there are no bald eagles in Vietnam, the closest thing to which the Vietnamese could draw a composition was the chicken, thus leading to the proactive chicken men. In the liner notes of 1999's music box set collection, Jerry Cantrell said of the song, It was the start of the healing process between my dad and I from all the damage the Vietnam caused. This was all my perception of his experiences out there. The first time I ever heard him talk about it was when we made the video and he did a 45-minute interview with Mark Pellington, and I was amazed he did it. He was totally cool, totally calm, accepted it, and all had a good time doing it. It even brought him to the point of tears. It was beautiful. He said it was a weird experience, a sad experience, and he hoped that nobody else had to go through it. So, anyway, there you go. Interesting. Yeah. It is one of my favorite uh, Alice in Chains songs. Here, in an episode of Beavis and Butthead, an, armor, an army recruiter tells the duo his nickname, The Rooster. Upon hearing this, Beavis and Butthead reply with, They come to snuff the rooster. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. All right. So with that, here is The Rooster by Alice in Change. In this song called Rooster.
right, Beach. There we go. Good pick. Great song. You know, and they were impressive as hell in concert. I totally enjoyed them. The great opener for for GNFNR. Oh, that was great. Great, 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 great. Good concert. Yeah. Good concert. Even though Jerry Cantrell is no longer with us. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Don't do drugs, kids. Stay in school. <laughs> All right, Beach. The more you know. Yep. Well, <laughs> obviously, we have uh, no games to preview this week. But, Beach, just a week or two ago, they announced the 2017 Oregon State football season schedule. Did you see how quickly I posted that on the Facebook page? Oh, yes, I did. I was pretty quick on that, I thought. were you? I, I'm, I'm still in the inner circle on that. Did you know that? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, I get the emails when they get announced. I'm like, I'm in the loop. Yeah, that's awesome. So, even more so than you. I feel a little privileged on that. Sure, so. Booch. Uh-huh. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, I figured we'd go through the schedule mm-hmm. for the upcoming season and... If you want to, we can work on a little bit of uh, tailgater prep. Okay, let's let's work on this. No, we, we Normally we commit this, what, usually around May, around Mom's birthday weekend. But uh, not, not bad to start thinking of it right now. All right, Beach. So Jess is in love with this schedule because we have six home games, but we have three in the beautiful month of September, mm-hmm. two in the usually pretty nice month of October, and mm-hmm. only one in the cold slash rainy ass month of November. Sweet. So, all right, so first up, the first game of the season, Saturday, September second, at home against Portland State. Now, now I threw an idea at you. Um, was it yesterday on this one? But it was an idea that you had a few years ago for a tailgater that we never ever did. Oh, you wanted and- to do the shrimp boil. I did. I've always, when you mentioned that the first time, I thought that was one of the coolest things we could do. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay, I, it, I'm not opposed to doing a shrimp boil, but how do you bring it around to Portland? Um, I, you know, just because it's Oregon and Oregon's known for its, uh, well, you could even say Jake's. Jake's is a famous restaurant. They do shrimp boils. Uh, well, uh, Jake's famous crawfish, and certainly there we can throw some crawfish in the shrimp boil. Yeah, we could. Yeah. So, I mean, okay. J- I mean, Jake's is one of the best restaurants in town, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Kind of, that's I'm I, I'm kind of down with that. I'm mm-hmm. kind of down with that. We could flavor stuff else with. Uh, we could use some beer in there too, some Henry Weinhards. Yeah, here, uh, Jake's famous crawfish, considered one of the top ten seafood restaurants in the nation. Jake's famous crawfish has been a downtown Portland landmark for more than 110 years. Jake's Famous Crawfish features, fe, crawfish features a variety of fresh fish and seafood flown in daily, making a true Pacific Northwest statement using fresh Northwest products and served in a tradition and timeless presentation. Enjoy salmon roasted on a cedar plank, Oregon Dungeness crab, Chinook salmon stuffed with crab, shrimp and brie, great pastas, poultry dishes, and an excellent selection of prime steaks. The bar of Jake's Famous Crawfish has long been a popular gathering spot with visitors and locals alike. Enjoy handshaken cocktails made with fresh-squeezed juices or a selection from the premium beer and wine list while visiting with friends, family, or business associates. Jake's Famous Crawfish, a tradition for generations. Plan your next private dining event okay, with okay, at Jake's yeah, Famous yeah, Crawfish. Yeah, we don't need to know that. Okay, so we could do a shrimp boil. We could also do cedar plank salmon. 
Can we do that? Yeah. Okay. Can we do cedar plank salmon and maybe a partial shrimp boil? Oh, why don't we do both? Okay. That's good. Yeah. Because nothing because you throw corn in the cob in this thing too, right? Oh, I mean, we can. Yeah. Like... You can throw corn, potatoes. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. I think that's awesome. We could probably do, we might have to do a couple different uh, batches. Okay. You know, or I'll get a couple different pots. Yeah. So. No, so we can constantly like replenish. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. How long does it, how long does it take to boil that stuff? Do you know? Um, I'm not sure where I've thought my head. Uh, Aaron, who works over at Suds, I know did a shrimp boil for uh Christmas. Mm-hmm. Because we were talking about how we did we did uh, lasagna, and he's like, yeah, we did a shrimp boil. So I will get some tips from him. He said it turned mm-hmm. out pretty good. Although he used some um like purple potatoes and some different stuff, mm-hmm. and he said that part didn't turn out so well. He said next time he would just use regular fingerling potatoes. Because the the purple ones just don't hold up to the hot water that well? They didn't cook as well as he'd like them to. Gotcha, gotcha. But all right. Okay, so I'm liking where that's starting out. All right, okay. so the next game is the very next week, September 9th, with Minnesota. Aren't we already – didn't we already decide this because we did we did studying for this this last year? That is correct, Beach. We went to the Minnesota game last year. We did a little tailgater recon. And we'll be making the famous Minneapolis Juicy, Juicy Lucy. I'm, uh, you know, son of bitches were hot, but they were freaking good. They were good. Does this mean we're gonna have to stay with the same like only paper plates and no forks? <laughs> we might. We, we might. Spent, we, we we spent the uh, we spent the budget on uh, on uh, napkins and uh, and uh, paper plates. Pretty much. We might have to. Do I that. love I, I love that sign. That was awesome. <laughs> we might have to do that. We might have to do that. All righty, Beach. So that's the first two we'll home see, games. We'll, see, we'll put that on the Facebook page and Twitter and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, bring your own fork because we blew the budget on this and this and this. And we'll see how many. And then we'll serve something that requires a fork, you know, like a dessert. And go. then we'll see how many people brought their own fork. We'll be like, where's your fork? We're like, we told you you had to bring your own fork. Bring your own fork. <laughs> <laughs> see how many people actually do it. Exactly. We'll, we'll put it. We'll put it on. We'll put it in the. Uh, Facebook announcement. Make sure you bring your own fork. You know, know, we ask really ask so little of people that come, you know, as far as like, you know, we have chairs and we have everything set up and stuff. You think you think we could get them to bring their own fork? Yeah, we're going to put bring your own fork. And then uh, whoever does want to have some kind of special prize for them or something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. All right. So the first two games are at home. The third game on Saturday, September 16th is at Washington State. Well, we're not cooking for that game, are we? No, but I'm thinking Jess and I might go. Oh, really? Yeah. But it's not the Seattle game. It's all the way up in Pullman, right? Yeah, but the Palouse, middle of September, will be gorgeous. You going to fly or drive? We'll drive up there Friday evening. I wonder how much it costs to fly. More than I want to spend. Hmm. Yeah, sometimes it's only like, I don't know, 50, 75 bucks one way. Yeah, but it's 100 bucks. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and you look at how much gas going to take, wear and tear in your car, time. Yeah, but I'm and, always you know, the, the drive there is always good. But if it's a rough game, that drive home is always a bitch. Yeah, yep, yep. But anyway, so that's when we're looking at going, possibly going to. Okay. All right. So then the fourth game is another away game, Saturday, September 23rd at Colorado State. Hmm. Yeah. So they actually have a Pac-12 game before they finish up their non-conference slate. So at Colorado State. We're not going to that one, I'm assuming. I, I can't, Beach. 
Okay. There's just there's too much for me going on at the end of that. In, gotcha. in the end of September gotcha. right there. I've too much going on at work. So if okay. it was a little bit later, if it was in October, I might be able to do it, but September mm-hmm. makes it really tough. All right, Beach. Gotcha. Uh the next week they actually have a bye. Mm-hmm. Then their next away game, they've got three away games in a row, Saturday, October 7th at USC. We're going to go to that one? That's a possibility. Hmm. That's a possibility. Might be, might be fun. Yeah. But, of course, uh, it's a freaking crap hole of uh, the Coliseum, but might be fun. Could be. Could be. Yeah. Matt would probably join us on that one. Yeah. Yep, so. yep, yep. Yeah. So. Okay. Anyways, so I figured... Not we're not getting any menu items here, though. Well, I know because so. he had three three away games in a row. Okay, Beach. So then we have another we have another home game, uh, December or October fourteenth, Saturday, October fourteenth, Colorado. Hmm. I don't know. What do we do for Colorado? We've had issues with this in the past. Yeah. Um. The only one that I throw is Chipotle. Was uh, founded in Denver, Colorado. Really? Yeah. Oh. Let me put that down as a question mark. Yeah, and I'm just throwing out ideas, you know, yeah. the brainstorming portion of it. Well, and before we've done buffalo wings. Mm-hmm. You know, just because that's kind of funny. But uh, I know we, uh, could, we, my... we could do like uh, make your own burrito bar though. As a, as a kind of a tribute to Chipotle. Yeah. I know my buddy Will would say Rocky Mountain Oysters. Okay. I, just, I don't like Rocky Mountain Oysters. I just got a message from Jess, who's obviously listening in, that uh-huh. says chicken and waffles. Was it discovered in Denver, Colorado? No, but that's what we did a couple years ago. We did We did that just for breakfast, though, just because yeah, we, we did were breakfast, desperate yeah. for breakfast. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. That was a good one, though. Um, so anyways, you know, we got that damn waffle maker. We should make more waffles. We could. And in the morning, <laughs> I'm making waffles. <laughs> huh. Not a bad idea. Okay. Well, let's 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 ponder that one. But yeah. Did you did you know Chipotle started in Denver? Um. Yeah, I kind of knew that. You know um, what I you know what I heard. Um. What? That he started it because. He needed something to make money because he wanted to start a fancier restaurant. And he figured this was a, a quick way to make a few bucks to get the cash flow going so that he could start up a, a higher-end restaurant. That's the rumor I heard. Isn't that great? Yeah. I really want to make a good restaurant. So this one, I'm going to do this. So mm-hmm. then I can do that. <clears throat> All right. All right. So L- L- L's original goal was... At least was to sell at least 107 burritos per day. Within one month, he was selling a thousand burritos per day. That's oh, a lot of burritos. Yeah. Oh, I missed a game too. Okay, that's why. You suck. Here we go. No, 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 no. That's why I'm, I'm looking like I'm missing a game here. Okay. So, so Stanford. No, that's wrong. You suck. Where's Cal? Oh, there's Cal. We're missing Washington. Yeah. So actually, Saturday, September 30th is Washington. It's not a bye. No. The bye is actually 
between Colorado and Stanford. Okay. So Washington's easy because we'll do cheesesteaks. Yes. Cheesesteaks and maybe some Ivers. Okay. Clam chowder. Mm-hmm. It's always a good one. Or something apple. Okay, so that's on September 30th. Then October 7th at USC. Then October 14th, home against Colorado. Then there's the bye week between that Saturday game and the next Thursday game when the Beavs play Stanford. On, on, on Thursday, October 26th. Okay, and Stanford, that'll be a sausage fest. Sausage fest. With the Evergoods. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good, good, good. Okay. Then September, uh, Saturday, November 4th at Colorado, which might be um, a game to drive to. Then Saturday, November 11th at Arizona. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then Saturday, November 18th, the final home game, Arizona State. So we play both Arizona schools this year. We don't play Utah and we don't play USC. No, we play USC at USC. We don't play UCLA. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. UCLA. That's what I meant. UCLA. Yeah, we don't play Utah. And we don't play UCLA. Okay. And Arizona State. So what are we going to do for Arizona State? Snoring style hot dogs again? I think so. And nachos? Sure. Okay. Or, or we can do. Well, normally we do cheesesteaks twice. So we could actually do cheesesteaks that game too. Mm-hmm. And something else. Well, we could do a like a cheesesteak with like maybe a little spicy flair, like jalapenos. So we can do cheese. See, and I like doing cheesesteaks at the end too. One, we do cheesesteaks twice because they're just that damn good. Yes, and, they are. Well, see, that would give us cheesesteaks at the end of September and then cheesesteaks in November. So they're not like right on top of each other. Correct. And it's always nice to end with a cheesesteak. I agree. Yeah, it's the best. I agree. So maybe we'll do that. I mean, I'm getting a chub just thinking about it right now. There you go. So I kind of like that. So PSU on the 2nd, on September 2nd, a shrimp boil, sleeter plank, salmon. Mm -hmm. um, September 9th, Minnesota, Juicy Lucy's. Mm -hmm. September 30th, cheesesteaks, Ivers clam chowder, or maybe something with apples for Washington. Mm -hmm. October 14th, Colorado, Chipotle or Buffalo Wings or something in that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. October 26th, Sausage Fest with the Evergood Sausages. Mm -hmm. November 18th, Arizona State, cheesesteaks, maybe Sonoran-style cheesesteaks. Does that mean with bacon? Oh, possibly, yeah. Possibly. Anyways, that's just kind of roughing it out. We got we got a ways to go, Beach. Mm -hmm. We got a ways to go. So Yeah, we got, we got a little bit of a framework down there now. So. Alrighty, bees. Well, Beach, do you want to uh, finish it off with a Rosie Ruiz Cheaters and Horrors? <clears throat> She's just a girl! She's a ball! She's a ball! I do! I do! Okay, hold on. Gotta find it. Okay, I was thinking about how to That's do this what, one too. You, I've been, you, you know, she I might say that to you every night. What? Who? Gotta, what? gotta find it. I've got to find it. Billy, that's the laughs on you. There is no she. <laughs> so you just say um, it to yourself? I do. I do. 
I, I, I say, yes. Talk dirty to myself and everything. Okay, so I was thinking about how to do this, and I was recalling I was, I was channeling my inner Paul Harvey. So we're going to do this like Paul Harvey would. I'm going to talk about a beautiful young lady named Lynn. Oh, is this like a rest of the story? It is. Oh, nice. Okay, go ahead. So we're going to talk talk a beautiful lady named Lynn. Now, keep in mind, this is about cheaters and whores. Okay. Okay. Lynn was, Lynn, Lynn was born and raised in Los Angeles, California in 1965. She was the daughter of a rather famous pediatrician, and she had five siblings, two brothers and three sisters. At the age of 22, Lynn began managing a local entertainment business after her boyfriend, Ivan, introduced her to the owner named Alex. Lynn and Alex had a very intense relationship. Alex said of Lynn, she was kind of like the daughter she loved and hated. So she was abusive and loving at the same time. Lynn demoted herself to an employee for a short period of time to understand all the aspects of the business. So she could understand all the ins and outs, so to speak. At the time Lynn was learning to take over Alex's business, there was a labor shortage as most of Alex's employees were approaching middle age and setting their sights on retiring. Alex tasked Lynn with revitalizing the business by recruiting a new batch of young labor. By 1990, Lynn decided to part with Alex and start her own business. Lynn made her first million in just four months. Her slowest nights would still bring in a minimum of $10,000. By 1991, she was so successful, she began rejecting employees if they did not meet her high standards she demanded. Unfortunately, her growing business brought on more attention than she desired, and in June 1993, she was arrested for multiple charges, including attempted pandering, pimping for all you Kid Rock fans out there, or being a madam if you are not offended by gender roles. (laughs) Federal charges were filed in 1994, and Lynn posted a million dollars bail. The state trial began the same year and Lynn was convicted. In May of 1996, her state conviction was overturned. Lynn was convicted of federal charges of tax evasion in September of 1996 and sentenced to seven years in prison. Lynn served 20 months at the Federal Correctional Institution in uh, Dublin in California. She was released to a halfway house on November 19, 1998 in order to perform 370 hours of community service. Lynn was released from the halfway house in September of 1999. Lynn's ring reportedly had numerous famous and wealthy clients. When questioned by British TV presenter Davina McCall about revealing the names of her clients, she replied, that's not my style. Since her release, Lynn has done countless interviews and has even starred in a few reality TV shows, including Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew. She now lives in Nevada with her collection of birds and is engaged to Dennis Hoff, the owner of Nevada's Moonlight Bunny Ranch. And by now, you probably know Lynn, of course is Heidi Lynn Fleiss, the Hollywood madam. And now you know the rest of the story. Yeah, that's a good one, Beach. Thanks. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, kind of cool. Although, so, although you know, you said she did 300 hours of community service. Wasn't that kind of what she was doing before? I kind of think bah. so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she even, she even uh, prostituted herself for a while just so she could understand what her girls went through. Well, and you know what? I if 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 both parties are willing, I have no problem with it. <laughs> Quite frankly. You know, you're just selling your labor. It's just a different form. Yeah. And you know, like like what grandma grandma used to say, don't give it away for free when you can sell it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Nobody will buy mine. <laughs> well, BJ, I'm sorry about that, but you know. Anyways. That's, you know, like Bon Scott said in that one song, um, what is it? Uh, I'm uh, something I got a fast right hand. Pretty much. Yeah. Like a blur. Like a blur. Alrighty, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 90 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, email us, HeinerTailgaterGmail.com. There's Twitter, at HeinerTailgater, and also HeinerTailgater on Facebook. Alright, Beach, thanks for being here. Always always happy to uh, waste a uh, Monday evening with you, Billy. Yeah, yeah, a good, a good little off-season update. Uh, we'll hopefully do another show sometime in February. Sound good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sound good? All right. Keep the fans happy. And uh, until then... If anybody has any thoughts and suggestions uh, around ideas for our menu, throw it our way. We're always always interested. Yeah, throw throw something out there. So for all those uh, that care, that are listening, let's keep rooting for the bees. Go bees.
Okay. Let me know when you're ready to go. Okay. I am ready. <clears throat> sibilance, sibilance, sibilance. Good one, Beach. Do you like all my crap? Yeah, I liked all your crap. I thought I did okay. You did good. <laughs> so they can get their drunk asses home. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Hey.